This is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber from Compass Retirement Advisors. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Mike Graber provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. You know, according to usdebtclock.org, our federal deficit today as we record our program is $27,898,534,000. You know, that's only $84,000 for each American, and it's only you know, a mere $222,000 per taxpayer. You know, each week on our program, we discuss issues that, you know, impact retirement income. And last week we started this series, and today's our, our second show in the series, looking at the economic strength or lack thereof of the United States financial system and how we as Americans are likely to be impacted, you know, during our retirement. In last week's uh, show, we shared a lot of numbers. We talked about the federal deficit and where it stands today at approximately $27.8 trillion. We talked about how the uncontrolled uh, spending in Congress over the last several decades has brought us to a point where Social Security and Medicare are quickly to be impacted. Uh, we talked about the warning that's actually on the Social Security statement where they only expect to be able to pay out about 79% of the benefits here in a few years. And as we speak more about these issues, uh, it is important to note that both political parties are starting to uh, sound some of the uh, the warnings, send up some warning flags. We're hearing um, comments being made from both sides of the aisle. But uh, for us, in short, you know, we've titled this series Tax Rate Risk and how your retirement could be impacted by higher taxes. My co-host at all, as always, is... uh, Tony Shore. Tony, thanks again for joining us today. And why don't we pick up right where we ended off uh, last week. And we were talking about historically tax rates right now, federal income taxes are uh, as low as they've ever been. Well, yeah, but Mike, uh, thanks, by the way, for having me on the show. It's great to be here today. And I'm glad we're continuing this discussion. And you said tax rates, at least federal tax rates, are at historic lows. But Mike, when I see my pay stub, I see a lot of taxes being taken out. Uh, And I would sense most Americans feel they pay a lot of taxes now. So wouldn't that be a true statement? Americans do pay a lot of taxes now? Well, it certainly is true. By any standard, we're paying a lot of taxes. But let's look at that uh, perspective maybe a little bit differently, just in the context of in the history of federal income taxes. You know, we Americans are enjoying the lowest levels, uh, but it's not always been like that, Tony. Uh, As recently as 1986, tax rates on an adjusted gross income of $200,000 was a a whopping 50%. Oh, ouch. If we, yeah, compare that to where we're at today. If we look back a little further, uh, we can see historically there have been times when the tax rates have been much higher. Back in the 70s, the top, ta- the top tax rate on 200000 was 70%. Oh. 
And let's go way back to the 1940s. You know, as a country, we had just spent an enormous amount of money to win World War II. And to pay that back, what happened? The government had to raise taxes. And that's when taxes reached the highest level in American history. Tony, in 1945, the top tax rate on on $200,000 was 94%. So 94% on a taxable income of, of $200,000. You know, that's real. You can look in the books, you can look in the charts, you can Google it, whatever someone wants to do. But can you imagine having 94 cents of every dollar that you earn confiscated by the, the federal government? And then you still have state. That's what I, that's what I have yeah, to say to that, Mike. Yeah, that's what my gut feels, too. And <laughs> on top of that 94, you know, we still have state and local and, and county taxes to pay. Yeah. Wow. Well, and some of our listeners out there might say, well, that's on $200,000 and my income is below that, as some of our listeners say, but, uh, right? I mean. Yeah, that's true, Tony. Most Americans don't have a taxable income of 200000 and frankly, most of the clients that I work with don't have taxable incomes of 200000 So let's look at it in maybe more relative numbers. Back in 1945, whenever the top tax rate was 94% on the 200, the tax rate on only $26,000 of income federally was 62%. On $38,000 of income, taxable income, the tax rate was 69. And on 50,000, it was 75%. So yeah, we are living in historically low federal tax rate environment now. But we all know Capitol Hill Congress, they're just so out of control. I don't think anybody can say taxes are not going to to go up, especially when they think about our discussions last week, you know, how uh, dire the Social Security and the Medicare trust funds are. And Tony, this is an important point to make here as well. The government is really good at stealth taxes. And what I mean there is they don't always have to raise the tax brackets they can adjust how much of our income gets included there yeah. by changing our deductions. Um, changing those tax including, laws. That's right. Changing the tax laws and in the details, things happen. And so, you know, it's not just the bracket changes, as I've said, but, you know, changes to um, the formula that determines what your Medicare Part B premium is. Changes that determine what your provisional income thresholds are. And Tony, one that's often overlooked that's in the code right now is just the difference between the tax rate for married filing jointly and married filing single. You know, all of us who are married, when our spouse dies, we are guaranteed under the current tax law to be in a higher uh, tax bracket. For example, Married filing jointly right now on the 2021 guide, an income, taxable income of 70,000, the rate would be 12%. 70,000 on a single, it's 22%. So when my spouse passes away, you know, I'm gonna lose probably the one social security check, but the rest of our income, you know, stays constant if we're retired and our assets are coming in, you know, from the qualified plan. So just because my spouse passes away right now under the current code, I'm guaranteed uh, to have 
um, uh, a, a, a tax increase. Um, wow. But unfortunately, that's the way we find ourselves in this this country. And when you add the debt to it, you know we are in a, in a tough spot. You know, think back to two thousand and eight with the uh, real estate bubble, it exploded, and then the ensuing market crash. Well, now today we've added trillions of dollars on top of that money that was spent trying to come out of our COVID situation here. And the national debt's done nothing but go up, up, up. And and, and as I've said probably too many times here already, we think tax rates have to go up for uh, our financial system to to remain uh, viable. And at Compass Retirement Advisors, we understand this, that every dollar that a retiree pays in taxes is one less dollar that they can use for their expenses. And that sounds pretty simple, but when we're reviewing plans, when people bring in uh, plans that they've had prepared elsewhere, we see a lot of focus on the accumulation side of the plan, but we don't see a lot of work on the distribution side. You know, how are we going to take income from these assets and not pay more in tax than what we actually have to? So, you know, we want to eliminate the unnecessary taxes and having a distribution plan that's designed with the expectation that taxes are going to be higher is is something that that we want to focus on here at Compass Retirement Advisors. Right. And, and, you know, you've mentioned, you mentioned earlier uh, in last week's show, actually, when we started this topic, uh, David Walker, and you gave your own opinion as well. But who are some other people or groups that we want to pay attention to regarding this debt issue, because we're talking about this huge debt. And I know a lot of people out there, uh, you know, uh, smarter minds than me, than mine, are are dealing with grappling with this and giving some opinions, right? Right. And this is a good place if our listeners have their uh, pen and paper, we'll give them some uh, names and some, some web- websites. Um, in addition to, to David Walker, uh, the Peter G. Peterson Foundation has done uh, – exceptional amount of work, you know, on the debt issue and um, debt to GDP ratios and and historically, you know, looking at these things. But their website is pgpf.org. That's the Peter G. Peterson Foundation. Uh, Our listeners might also want to look at some of the work done by Maya McGinnis. Uh, She's with the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, and that is CRFB dot org and uh, let's throw in uh, some quotes from uh, somebody that many of our listeners might recognize but george schultz was a former presidential cabinet member and he was also secretary of the treasury he just passed away here uh, this last week at age 100. here's here's what he had to say about uh, the amount of money that this debt issue is is taking away from uh, from the government. And he says, you know, there just won't be anything left for the government to spend on non-debt, non-Social Security, and non-Medicare issues. He says there will, won't be anything left. We have a crisis on our hands. And then Ed Slott, and that's S-L-O-T-T, Ed is recognized as the authority in the nation when it comes to IRAs and qualified plans. He's, he's the go-to person. He's the guru of qualified plans. And, and here's what he said about this coming uh, looming tax and, and debt crisis that we have. Ed says that 
most retirees will simply be caught completely off guard. There's not enough um, conversations taking place in in the right offices uh, with retirees, warning them and encouraging them and strategizing how they're going to prepare in advance of that. So, Tony, that's why we have this series. You know, we want our listeners to uh, be prepared. We want them to go into their retirement and knowing that they have a plan in place in case, you know, taxes do go up and we believe that they will. So, you know, retirees and and pre-retirees, if you're five to seven years from retirement, you really need to be getting, um, you know, things put in place uh, to tackle this issue. Um, And I'll just remind our our clients right now and and those listening, if anybody would like a complimentary second opinion, all they have to do is give our office a call at 812-787-0809. Drop me an email at mgraber at compassra.com. And, uh, you know, put in the subject line, you know, something to the uh, effect that I'd like a complimentary uh, review of, of my retirement program and we'll certainly get uh, back uh, in touch with them. And Tony, over the course of not today's show as much, but maybe the next two, we're going to talk about uh, a myth that we feel has kind of been perpetrated on the American public. And that myth is that when we retire, we're going to be in a lower tax rate. And we are finding, and, and you know, many people who are paying close attention understand that that's not necessarily true. That you know, when you retire, you lose a lot of the tax deductions that you enjoyed during your life. Namely, um, we're no longer contributing to that 401k plan. So right there might be uh, the biggest loss in uh, tax deductions that we face. But sure. uh, we'll cover those in, in upcoming shows. Yeah, well, definitely. And and I'm glad you brought up uh, uh, Ed Schlott. I, I love reading his material, and he's uh, really an expert when it comes to IRAs and retirement accounts. And um, uh, I know that uh, he's very well read and that you've uh, studied under Ed for a long time, too. And I think that's fantastic. Now, um, we've spent most of our time laying the blame for this fiscal mismanagement at the feet of our, our politicians and the government. Uh, but we need to ask, is that really fair? Are there other contributing factors to the deficit? Uh, shortfalls in programs like Social Security and Medicare, uh, that's uh, worrying as well. Well, that's it, true, Tony. You know, it, we can't lay the entire blame at, at the feet of, of the politicians. You know, there are, are some natural things uh, with with we Americans that are contributing to it. Um, and we're going to you know talk a little bit about that here. Um, in in this next um, section. All right, yeah. And so what do you uh, mean, Mike, uh, work well in advance? Well, that's where I fault, you know, Congress. They kick the can down the road. They don't address the issues. They don't put things in place well in advance of, like today, where we're at. Um, And here's what I mean, Tony. Let's just look at, you know, the Social Security, the safety net programs. Um, and how everything is is intertwined. You know, there's a good possibility that many of our listeners don't understand really how Social Security works. So let's give a little background there and and spend some time talking about this. But when we talk about this debt issue, Social Security and Medicare are the two largest drivers of the debt and, and deficit issue. And, you know, Social Security was first established back in 1935 
and way back then when they created the program to be eligible for payments, you know, on the, on the, on the retirement side, a person had to be 65 to, to draw that benefit. And Tony, I think this is interesting. Once someone reached adulthood back in, in the 30s, the average life expectancy was age 65. So how's that for a government program? <laughs> the eligibility age is the same as the life expectancy oh, age. So, yeah, so you know, yeah. so you might say the program wasn't actually uh, designed to pay out a lot of benefits at that time. I know. Um, certainly not to, to pay benefits out, you know, for an extended period of time. You know, and, and back then, if you were fortunate to live to 65, they were looking at paying benefits out for, you know, a mere 13 years. Yeah. On average. Now let's jump into 1945 range. In 1945, there were 42 workers paying into the program through the payroll deductions for every one person who was receiving a benefit. Tony, today there are only three workers paying in for each person receiving benefits, and the projection is that in the next 10 years, there will only be two people paying into the system for every person who's receiving benefits. So the program was at its design, 42 people paying in for every one. We're gonna quickly be down to only two paying in for every one. And it's not too hard to understand how that can stress um, that, um, that program. Today, instead of uh, at age 65 being the threshold to start benefits, we can start at age 62 now. And instead of the average life expectancy then being a 13-year period today, we're looking at recipients receiving benefits for 23 years. So it's nothing, uh, Social Security is nothing uh, today that reflects what it was originally uh, designed to be. You know, Americans can start receiving benefits earlier. They can take benefits for longer periods of time. And I talked about, you know, the ratios. It's important to keep in mind, you know, the, the promises that the government has made to we, the American people, um, in exchange for the payroll taxes that we're paying, you know, that's what what we're depending on. We've, we've paid in these monies. We want that benefit to come back. Um, but it was Robert Service who said, you know, a promise made is a debt unpaid. And we said in last week's show that anytime the government decides to spend a dollar, at the same time, they're agreeing to tax that away from the American public and, and redistribute it. So that's that's what we're looking at here. Um, and you were right, you know, the government's not totally responsible for these declining ratios that I've, I've talked about. Sure. But they are responsible for not adjusting the formulas through the years and keeping uh, the program healthy. And, you know, now after many years of kicking the can down the road, the trust funds are, are nearing depletion. And, and I think that it's critical that the government act and, and straighten things up. You know, my concern is that they are reaching a point where they have few options remaining um, and that the corrections that they make are going to be painful. Uh, but and you know, but I've heard there is an easy solution to the issue, and that is we or the U.S. government can inflate our way out of these debt issues, and that would cure the Social Security and Medicare problem. But is that true? Well, Tony, I'm glad you brought that up. We are hearing that more and more that well, we'll just inflate our way out of these issues, um, and that's maybe hopeful thinking, but the math really doesn't work there. And I think 
this is, I'll explain why. You know, Social Security and Medicare are both linked or both indexed to increases in inflation. So if the government, you know, institutes some fiscal policies that, that lead to inflation, that actually makes the problem worse because that will force the benefits paid out by Social Security and by Medicare to, you know, be adjusted and increase proportionally. Now, if that's the path that, that they choose to, to go to address the debt issue, well, by design, then that'll necessitate changes to Social Security uh, and, and Medicare. They'll have to unhook those benefits from those uh, inflation adjustment um, factors. You know, most Social Security recipients would tell us that, you know, getting those cost of living uh, adjustments are crucial. Those COLA adjustments are based on uh, the consumer price index, which is a reflective uh, you know, inflation. The CPIW, you know, to be exact, that's the consumer price index for urban wage earners and, and clerical workers. You know, that would mean as inflation hits all areas of our economy and prices are increasing, Social Security and Medicare reimbursements wouldn't keep pace. So I don't really see how inflating our way uh, out of this is, is a solution. It'll impact uh, Social Security um, and, and Medicare uh, recipients. You know, if anyone in, in D.C. Um, has solved this one, I don't think anybody you know, has, has really uh, seen that math work. Uh, Tony, just last week I was listening to a podcast by David McKnight. Uh, he's the author of, of Power of, of Zero. Um, oh, yeah. And he was actually interviewing uh, David Walker. And Walker really takes those individuals uh, to task who are promoting this inflation as a solution to the fiscal problems. And anyone that wants to, to listen to that or anyone that, let's say, that maybe believes that inflating our, our way out of this is a viable solution, I would challenge them to, to find that podcast and, and to listen to that that interview. And then maybe even purchase uh, David Walker's uh, newest book. Uh, the title is America in 2040. Will we remain a, a superpower? And in there, he talks about the, the fallacy of being able to inflate our way out. Uh, yeah, we can inflate our way out, but there's a tremendous cost oh. to some of these social programs uh, to, to doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, a little more perspective here. Pre COVID, the projection was that the United States government would be spending 92 cents of every dollar collected in tax revenue on the big four. And the big four are Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and interest on the national debt. And the expenses for these four grow and they compound and they crowd out the funding for other things that we would like the government to take care of. How about, very popular now, Where's the money going to come from to fund the Centers for Disease Control or Medicare, infrastructure, government pensions, and, and so on? So, you know, how can the government run a country on the remaining eight cents? The debt payments are just taking up so much of the budget that there's not going to be a, a lot of funding left um, to, to keep running uh, the right. things that uh, our, our country yeah. depends on. Yeah. And, and see, I think you're making a great point there. And, and I know that we have a lot more to this topic and that's why it's a series. Uh, unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show. It just flew by. Is there anything else you want to add before we go today? 
Now, just have a, a reminder for our listeners to give us a call at uh, 812-787-0809. That's my direct line here at Compass Retirement Advisors, and we'll be able to help uh, anyone in any way that we can. Thanks, Tony. Thank you for listening to Retirement Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, contact Mike Graber at Compass Retirement Advisors. Call 812-787-0809 or visit them online at compassretirementadvisorsllc.com. Investment advisory services provided by ChangePath LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Compass Retirement Advisors LLC, the Insurance Shop Inc., and ChangePath LLC are unaffiliated entities. Mike Graber and Compass Retirement Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified qualified representatives prior to implementation.